Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. God loves you. God wants to bless you and prosper you, but you have to respond in faith. I was able to take that, believing it, and move ahead and operate in giving, believing for a harvest and getting harvest every time. Once I did that, I made more money than ever. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Tuesday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today, I'm continuing to teach on financial stewardship. And I tell you, this is some powerful stuff. Last week, I was establishing that we need to get the mindset of stewards, not owners of money. I tell you, that is really important. And then this week, what I've been talking about is in Luke chapter 16, where Jesus said that if you aren't faithful in that which is least, you won't be faithful in that which is much. And if you haven't been faithful over least, nobody's going to give you more to be faithful over if you aren't faithful with what you have. This is out of Luke chapter 16, verses 10 and 11, actually down through verse 13. And from that, what we're saying is that Jesus was saying that money, stewarding money, is the least use of your faith. And there are people that have bypassed this. They are not trusting God. They aren't giving. They aren't consistent givers. They're just sporadic. They're, they give emotionally when they get touched or when somebody has a need or something like that, but they aren't deliberate, on-purpose givers, systematic givers. You know, Paul said over in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, he told the believers to lay by in store every on the first day of every week so that when he came, he wouldn't have to just receive one offering then. But we're supposed to set aside things on a regular basis. Whenever you get a paycheck, you ought to set aside your giving, and you need to give to God FIRST, THE BIBLE TALKS ABOUT GIVING GOD THE FIRST FRUITS, NOT THE LEFTOVER FRUITS, NOT THE WHAT I CAN SPARE FRUITS. AND YET THIS IS WHAT MOST PEOPLE DO. MOST PEOPLE, IF THEY MAKE OUT A BUDGET, THEY WILL PUT DOWN LIKE A HOUSE PAYMENT, A CAR PAYMENT, INSURANCE, uh, YOU KNOW, ON AND ON YOU COULD GO WITH HEALTH, FOOD, uh, JUST ALL KINDS OF THINGS. AND MOST PEOPLE DON'T EVEN PUT GIVING IN THEIR BUDGET, BUT IF THEY DO, IT'S LIKE, WHAT DO I HAVE LEFT OVER? BUT THE SCRIPTURE SAYS IT'S SUPPOSED TO BE A FIRST FRUITS OFFERING. WE SHOULD BE GIVING OFF THE TOP. THE VERY FIRST THING YOU OUGHT TO DO IS TO SAY, IF I MAKE THIS MUCH MONEY, HERE IS HOW MUCH I'M GOING TO GIVE. AND IT OUGHT TO BE THE VERY FIRST THING THAT YOU DO. YOU KNOW, MY WIFE AND I, I'M ONLY SAYING THIS FOR PURPOSE OF ILLUSTRATION. I'M NOT TRYING TO SAY WE DO EVERYTHING RIGHT OR ANYTHING, BUT WE, HAVE A GIVE ACCOUNT THAT IS SEPARATE FROM OUR MAIN ACCOUNT, AND WE PUT uh, 25%, I THINK IT COULD BE 30% NOW, WE'VE BEEN INCHING UP, BUT WE PUT SOMEWHERE AROUND 25% OF EVERYTHING WE GET IN THIS GIVE ACCOUNT, AND THAT'S ALL IT'S FOR, IS FOR GIVING. NOW, THAT'S NOT ALL THAT WE GIVE. THERE'S BEEN YEARS THAT WE'VE GOT INHERITANCES FROM PEOPLE, AND WE HAVE GIVEN ALL OF THAT AWAY. WE, we HAVE GIVEN SOMETIMES AS MUCH AS 90% of our yearly income away. But I'm saying we have 25% that we just give off of the top, and it's set aside for that. I'm not saying you have to do it that way, but you have to have that mindset. It needs to be the first thing that you do. And I'm speaking to millions of people right now, and I can guarantee you, out of millions of people that are watching this program all around the world, there are very few people 
THAT PUT GIVING AS A PRIORITY. WITH MOST PEOPLE, THEY WOULD BE GLAD TO GIVE IF THEY HAD SOMETHING LEFT OVER. AFTER YOU TAKE CARE OF YOURSELF AND ALL OF YOUR NEEDS, THEN IF YOU HAD EXTRA, YOU'D BE WILLING TO GIVE. I COULDN'T TELL YOU HOW MANY TIMES I'VE HAD PEOPLE COME UP TO ME AND SAY, WELL, I'D GIVE IF I HAD ANY MONEY. THE TRUTH IS, EVERYBODY HAS MONEY. Every, YOU CAN'T LIVE WITHOUT MONEY. YOU HAVE SOME INCOME. IT MAY NOT BE ENOUGH, BUT YOU HAVE INCOME. AND YOU COULD TAKE THE VERY FIRST, uh, the, THE MOMENT YOU GET THAT MONEY, YOU COULD TAKE AND MAKE THE FIRST FRUITS YOU'RE GIVING. YOU CAN DO IT. And so, but, BUT I DON'T HAVE ENOUGH NOW. I'M IN DEBT UP TO MY EYEBALLS. WHAT DO I DO? IF YOU START GIVING, YOU CAN GET OUT OF THAT DEBT. AND AGAIN, THIS DOESN'T COMPUTE TO THE NATURAL MIND, BUT THIS IS THE WAY THAT IT WORKS, AND THIS IS WHAT I'VE BEEN TALKING ABOUT. I WAS USING THIS EXAMPLE IN MARK CHAPTER 10 ABOUT THE RICH YOUNG RULER WHO CAME TO JESUS AND OUTWARDLY LOOKED VERY GOOD. HE LOOKED LIKE HE WAS WILLING TO FALL AT JESUS' FEET. GOOD MASTER, WHAT MUST I DO TO INHERIT ETERNAL LIFE? BUT JESUS KNEW THAT HIS HEART WASN'T RIGHT WITH HIM. AND YOU KNOW WHAT HE USED TO REVEAL THAT THIS MAN'S HEART WASN'T RIGHT, THAT HE WASN'T TRULY COMMITTED TO GOD? HE USED HIS ATTITUDE TOWARDS MONEY. HE TOLD HIM TO SELL EVERYTHING HE HAD AND GIVE IT TO THE POOR. NOW, JESUS DIDN'T TELL OTHER PEOPLE THIS. I USED AS AN EXAMPLE ON YESTERDAY'S PROGRAM ZACCHAEUS. ZACCHAEUS WAS A VERY RICH MAN, AND GOD DIDN'T TELL HIM TO SELL EVERYTHING BECAUSE HE HAD ALREADY GOTTEN HIS HEART RIGHT. BUT YOU CAN USE MONEY TO EXPOSE WHERE YOUR HEART IS. YOU KNOW, FOR INSTANCE, YOU COULD LOOK AT JUDAS. WHEN JUDAS SAW THIS WOMAN COME WITH THE ALABASTER BOX OF OINTMENT AND SHE BROKE THE BOX AND POURED IT ON JESUS' FEET AND IT WAS ABOUT A YEAR'S SALARY, JUDAS IMMEDIATELY, WHY WAS THIS WASTE MADE? IT COULD HAVE BEEN SOLD IN THE MONEY GIVEN TO THE POOR. AND IT SAYS, HE SAID THAT NOT BECAUSE HE CARED ABOUT THE POOR, BUT BECAUSE HE WAS A THIEF AND HE WANTED WHAT WAS IN THE BAG. IT WAS OUT OF COVETOUSNESS. AND DID YOU KNOW JUDAS, THE MAN WHO WOUND UP BETRAYING JESUS, HE HAD A PROBLEM WITH FINANCES. HE WAS A THIEF. HE WAS STEALING MONEY FROM THE DISCIPLES' TREASURY. AND I'M GUARANTEE YOU, PEOPLE WHO HAVE THIS ATTITUDE AND GET UPSET WHEN YOU GO TO TALKING ABOUT MONEY AND THEY HAVE THIS JUDAS ATTITUDE, IT REVEALS A LOT ABOUT WHAT'S IN YOUR HEART. PEOPLE CAN SAY, OH, I LOVE GOD. I, I LOVE GOD WITH ALL OF MY HEART. I, my, I'VE GIVEN MY WHOLE LIFE TO THE LORD. YOU CAN GO LOOK AT THEIR GIVING AND FIND OUT WHETHER THEY TRULY LOVE GOD WITH ALL OF THEIR HEART. AND I KNOW THAT THERE'S SOME OF YOU THAT TAKE OFFENSE AT THAT AND SAY, MAN, YOU ARE MAKING A BIGGER DEAL OUT OF THIS. I'M NOT DOING ANYTHING THAT JESUS DIDN'T DO RIGHT HERE. THIS MAN'S HEART WASN'T RIGHT. JESUS KNEW IT, AND IT SAYS, BEHOLDING HIM, HE LOVED HIM. HE DIDN'T SAY THIS OUT OF ANGER. HE SAID IT BECAUSE HE LOVED THIS MAN, AND HE WANTED TO SEE THIS MAN SET FREE FROM THE SPIRIT OF MAMMON. YOU KNOW, I'M GOING TO TALK ABOUT THIS MORE, BUT OVER IN LUKE CHAPTER 16, VERSE 13, I READ THOSE VERSES, BUT I HADN'T REALLY COMMENTED ON IT. IT SAYS, YOU CANNOT SERVE GOD AND MAMMON. AND YOU KNOW THE WORD MAMMON HERE, IT LITERALLY MEANS MONEY. IT'S TRANSLATED THAT IN MOST OF THE MODERN TRANSLATIONS, BUT YOU KNOW, A GOOD FRIEND OF MINE, CREFLO DOLLAR, HE'S, he's TAUGHT ON THIS, AND I'VE REALLY GOTTEN A LOT OUT OF WHAT HE SAYS, THAT THAT MAMMON IS MORE THAN JUST MONEY. IT'S TALKING ABOUT THE SPIRIT THAT IS BEHIND MONEY, THIS COVETOUS SPIRIT THAT IS BEHIND MONEY. YOU CANNOT SERVE, YOU CANNOT BE SLAVE TO COVETOUSNESS AND SLAVE TO GOD AT THE SAME TIME. AND I GUARANTEE YOU, YOUR MONEY, YOUR USE OF MONEY SAYS MORE ABOUT YOU THAN ALL OF YOUR WORDS PUT TOGETHER.
And I can hear television sets all over the world turning off right now because, man, they don't want to hear this, but it's the truth, and the truth will set you free. And I'm not saying these things because I'm mad at you. I'm trying. I love you, just like Jesus right here. He told this man, because he loved him, go sell everything that you had. You need to get free from the control and the dominance of money. You know, it was a breakthrough in my life when I had a man prophesy to me, and he says, you are going to be in a place where you will never have to say, God, what do you want me to do based on how much money I have in my pocket? This prophecy said you're going to get to where you are going to disconnect from limiting God by money and just say, God, what do you want me to do? And, you know, I can truthfully say that we've built 80 million, 75 to $80 million worth of buildings debt-free. We've got a parking garage that we did pay for, but I'm getting out of debt on that quickly in the name of Jesus. But we got $75 million worth of very nice buildings that I built debt-free, and I didn't do it based on what is it going to cost me and see what I could afford. I did what I felt God put in my heart. You can get free from this spirit that controls you and dominates you and makes you think a certain way to where you just start thinking about, God, what is your will, not about what can I afford? I'll tell you, this is important things. And so after Jesus had said this to this rich young ruler, he left and he was sad because he had great positions and possessions. And listen to what Jesus said to his disciples right here in verse uh, 23, Mark chapter 10, verse 23, Jesus looked round about and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? What a statement. Again, if I wasn't reading this from Scripture, if Jesus wasn't the one that said it, if I just came out and said, If you've got money, you're going to have a very hard time being born again and flowing in the kingdom of God. If I was just to say that on my own without quoting Jesus, I can guarantee you there's many of you watching this that would brand me a heretic. You would say that this is some kind of a cult, and yet this is exactly what Jesus said. And look at the response of his disciples. It says, and the disciples were astonished at his words. In other words, this was a radical statement then, just as it is now. And Jesus went on and said, he answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? So by putting these two statements together, you see that it's not having money that's the problem. It's where is your trust? Are you trusting in your money or are you trusting in God? A person who says, oh, I'm trusting in God, but then God says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, etc. Luke 6, 38. And God says that, but you don't give because you need this money. You got to pay your rent. You got to buy gas. You got to buy groceries. I need, the, I, I, I want to give, but I can't give. You can say what you want to, but you are trusting in those riches. If you were trusting in God, then you would say, God, in the natural, it looks like I won't be able to make it if I pay my tithes, if I give to this cause. But my trust is in you. It's not in this money. And so I'm going to prove it by giving this, and I trust you. See, that's what, that's what money 
AND GIVING IS ALL ABOUT. IT'S NOT THAT GOD NEEDS YOUR MONEY. YOU KNOW, THE BIBLE SAYS IN ISAIAH, OR EXCUSE ME, IT'S uh, PSALMS CHAPTER 50 OR 51, IT SAYS THAT JESUS OWNS ALL OF THE CATTLE ON A THOUSAND HILLS. AND TECHNICALLY, HE OWNS THE HILLS, TOO. IT SAYS RIGHT THERE IN THAT CONTEXT, IT SAYS, IF I WAS HUNGRY, I WOULDN'T ASK YOU. IN OTHER WORDS, GOD IS SAYING, LOOK, I DON'T NEED YOU TO OFFER A SACRIFICE BECAUSE OF ME. IT'S NOT LIKE I'M HUNGRY. IT'S NOT LIKE I NEED MORE CATTLE. GOD DOESN'T NEED... HE DIDN'T NEED THE OLD TESTAMENT SACRIFICES, AND GOD DOESN'T NEED YOUR MONEY IN THE NEW TESTAMENT. AND I KNOW SOMEBODY'S THINKING, WELL, YOU PREACHERS SURE DO. DID YOU KNOW GOD COULD HAVE SET IT UP DIFFERENTLY? I I KNOW OF A MAN, I'VE NOT PERSONALLY met HIM, BUT ONE OF MY STAFF WENT OVER TO A MAN WHO WATCHES ME ON TELEVISION, AND HE GAVE ME A BOX OF VERY EXPENSIVE TEA AND THINGS LIKE THIS. AND SO I HAVE SOME RELATIONSHIP, BUT I'VE NEVER PERSONALLY met THIS MAN. BUT THIS MAN WHO WORKS FOR ME, HE WENT OVER THERE, AND THE GUY PICKED HIM UP FROM THE AIRPORT IN HIS BENTLEY LIMOUSINE THAT FOLLOWED HIS OTHER BENTLEY LIMOUSINE. HE HAD TWO BENTLEY LIMOUSINES, TOOK HIM TO HIS MANSION THAT HE LIVED IN. THE MAN HAD JUST BOUGHT, I THINK, HIS uh, 53rd OR SOMETHING uh, BOAT, TANKER, AND THAT BOAT COST $53 MILLION, AND HE HAD OVER 50 OF THEM LIKE THAT. THIS GUY IS FILTHY, STINKING, DIRTY RICH. NOW, AGAIN, I'M NOT SAYING THESE THINGS. I DON'T COVET THIS MAN'S MONEY. HE'S FREE TO DO WHATEVER HE WANTS TO DO. HE GAVE ME A BOX OF REALLY NICE TEA. AND SO THAT'S FINE. BUT I'M SAYING HE'S NEVER GIVEN ME ANYTHING BEYOND THAT TEA. BUT HE COULD. THIS MAN IS A BILLIONAIRE. HE COULD HAVE GIVEN ME ENOUGH MONEY THAT GOD, IF HE WANTED TO, COULD SET IT UP SO THAT I WOULD NEVER HAVE TO RECEIVE AN OFFERING, SO THAT I'D NEVER HAVE TO MENTION MONEY OR ANYTHING. GOD IS NOT LIMITED. THERE ARE SOME OF HIS PEOPLE THAT GOD COULD JUST TAKE CARE OF EVERYTHING, BUT I CAN GUARANTEE YOU THAT'S NOT THE WAY THAT GOD WANTS IT DONE. I USED TO PRAY IN THE BEGINNING OF MY MINISTRY. I HATED RECEIVING OFFERINGS. I HATED TALKING ABOUT MONEY BECAUSE PEOPLE ALWAYS SUSPECT THAT A MINISTER IS TALKING ABOUT MONEY BECAUSE YOU'RE TRYING TO GET THEIR MONEY. YOU'RE TRYING TO GET PEOPLE TO GIVE TO YOU. AND SO I JUST DIDN'T LIKE THE CRITICISM. AND and I ACTUALLY PRAYED THAT GOD WOULD JUST GIVE ME SO MUCH MONEY I'D NEVER HAVE TO MENTION MONEY. I'D NEVER HAVE TO RECEIVE AN OFFERING OR ANYTHING. BUT OVER THE YEARS STUDYING THE WORD, GOD HAS CONVINCED ME THAT THAT IS NOT HIS WILL. IT'S NOT THAT HE NEEDS OUR MONEY. IT'S NOT THAT I NEED YOUR MONEY, BUT YOU NEED TO TRUST GOD. AND I BELIEVE THAT IF I HAD BILLIONS IN THE BANK, WHICH I DON'T, BUT IF I HAD SO MUCH MONEY THAT I NEVER HAD TO RECEIVE AN OFFERING AGAIN, I WOULD STILL RECEIVE OFFERINGS BECAUSE IT'S GOOD FOR YOU. IT'S ALL ABOUT YOU TRUSTING GOD. IT'S NOT ABOUT WHAT MY NEED IS. YOU KNOW, I WAS INVITED TO MINISTER IN ONE OF MY BIBLE SCHOOL GRADUATES' CHURCH, AND THEY LIVED UP IN THE MOUNTAINS OF COLORADO. THEY ONLY HAD LIKE 30 PEOPLE IN THEIR CHURCH, AND SINCE IT WAS SUCH A SMALL GROUP, THEY ASKED TWO OTHER CHURCHES TO GO TOGETHER WITH THEM, AND SO WE MEANT, AND THERE WAS MAYBE A HUNDRED PEOPLE TOTAL THAT CAME TO THESE MEETINGS. AND BECAUSE THERE WERE SO FEW PEOPLE, THEY WERE AFRAID THAT THEY WOULDN'T GET A VERY GOOD OFFERING FOR ME, SO THE PASTOR ASKED ME IF I WOULD RECEIVE MY OWN OFFERINGS. SO I GOT UP, AND I STARTED BY TELLING THE PEOPLE, I SAID, I JUST CAME FROM CHARLOTTE, NORTH CAROLINA, WHERE THE PEOPLE GAVE ME, LIKE, I FORGOT WHAT IT WAS, BUT IT WAS HUNDREDS OF THOUSANDS OF DOLLARS FOR FIVE DAYS. I SAID, I AM NOT A POOR PREACHER THAT JUST GOT INTO TOWN, AND IF YOU DON'T GIVE, I WON'T BE ABLE TO GET HOME, 
I said, I don't need your money. That's the way I started the offering talk. And when I said that, man, you could just see all of the color drain out of this pastor's face like, well, man, you killed the offering. Because again, see, most people, the only way that they receive offerings is to say, we're in need, we're in trouble, could you please help us? And they play on pity and they get sympathy and people give out of a sense of obligation or out of a sense of pity and compassion. And even though that is one motivation for giving, that is really not the right representation of things. I got up and told the people, I don't need your money. You need to give for you, not for me. And I started teaching them about how trusting in money and saying that you're trusting God, but then not acting on it, not doing something that puts you in a position where you need God's blessing to be able to make it. I said, that's the problem. That's what about, that's what giving is all about. It's about trust. It's about showing that, God, I'm not only going to say this, but I'm going to demonstrate that you are my source. And to prove it, I'm taking a portion of what I've got and I'm giving it away because I believe that you will multiply it back to me. That's what giving is all about. And did you know that because I did that and I was there, I think, for three days and I taught all three days and received these offerings, the pastor of that church the next week called me and he says, I honestly don't remember what you taught during your main message every night, but I remember those offering talks. He says, it revolutionized my life. He said, I knew these things, but I wasn't telling the people in my church because I thought that they would think I was after their money. And he said, I was embarrassed and I was apologetic. So on Sunday morning after I had left, he got up in front of his church and he confessed to the people. He said, I knew these things, but I haven't been teaching you the truth on giving because of the criticism that I knew I'd received. And he got in front of the people and he apologized and he got on his knees and he says, please forgive me for not telling you the truth and not setting you free in this area of finances. And the people started running to the front and hugging him and saying, Pastor, we love you. We forgive you. And they started throwing money on the platform. And I, I think the details was that they paid off $10,000 worth of indebtedness that morning from like 20 something people. And you know, many of those had to be husband and wife. So there, there wasn't, there probably wasn't over 15 different people, maybe 20 maximum. And they paid off something like $10,000 worth of church indebtedness just because of this, these truths. I'm telling you, it's all about where your trust is. If you were to take this verse where Jesus said in verse 23, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God. And if you took that verse by itself and just made it stand alone, this would look like any person who has any money, who's wealthy at, in any way at all, could not be a Christian. But then when you put it together with his clarification in verse 24, he says, children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. Money's not the problem. It's trust. It's faith. What are you putting your trust in? And if you're saying, well, I want to give, but I need this money, you know what you're doing? You're trusting that money more than you're trusting God. And you can whitewash that. You can try and re-align um, those words, put them together any way you want to, but there's just no way to change that. If you aren't giving, if you aren't tithing and giving even above a tithe and giving when there's opportunity to be a blessing to someone, and if you aren't doing it because you need this money, 
THEN YOU ARE TRUSTING IN THAT MONEY MORE THAN YOU'RE TRUSTING IN GOD. NOW, THERE'S A BALANCE TO THIS. I'M NOT TELLING YOU TO GIVE EVERYTHING AWAY AND TO DO FOOLISH THINGS, STUPID THINGS, BUT I'M SAYING THAT WHEN GOD LEADS YOU TO DO SOMETHING, AND THE WORD MAKES IT VERY CLEAR THAT WE ARE SUPPOSED TO PAY A TITHE. I'M GOING TO DEAL WITH THIS. THERE'S SOME PEOPLE THAT SAY, WELL, IN THE NEW TESTAMENT, THE TITHE WAS AN OLD TESTAMENT THING. IN THE NEW TESTAMENT, WE DON'T TITHE. I'M GOING TO ANSWER ALL OF THESE QUESTIONS IN MORE DETAIL AS WE GO THROUGH THIS SERIES. OR YOU COULD GET THESE MATERIALS AND IT WOULD ANSWER THIS IN MORE DETAIL. BUT AGAIN, IT'S NOT MONEY THAT'S THE ISSUE. IT'S YOUR TRUST. AND IF YOU'RE SAYING, I WANT TO GIVE, BUT I NEED THIS, YOU ARE TRUSTING THAT MONEY MORE THAN YOU'RE TRUSTING GOD. AND THERE'S JUST NO WAY AROUND THAT. THERE'S NO OTHER WAY TO LOOK AT THIS. AND SO WHEN HE SAID THIS, LOOK AT THIS IN THE NEXT VERSE. HE SAYS, IT IS EASIER FOR A CAMEL TO GO THROUGH THE EYE OF A NEEDLE THAN FOR A RICH MAN TO ENTER INTO THE KINGDOM OF GOD. AND THEN IT SAYS, THEY WERE ASTONISHED OUT OF MEASURE, SAYING AMONG THEMSELVES, WHO THEN CAN BE SAVED? MAN, IF THEY WERE SHOCKED THE FIRST TIME, NOW THEY'RE EVEN MORE SHOCKED BECAUSE JESUS IS SAYING IT'S EASIER FOR A CAMEL TO GO THROUGH THE EYE OF A NEEDLE THAN IT IS FOR A RICH MAN TO ENTER THE KINGDOM OF HEAVEN. YOU KNOW, I'VE HEARD MY WHOLE LIFE THIS EXPLAINED AWAY AS SAYING THAT WHAT IT MEANS BY THE EYE OF A NEEDLE, THAT THERE WERE THE LARGE GATES THAT THEY USED TO GUARD THE CITY, AND INSIDE OF THESE LARGE GATES, THERE WAS A SMALLER GATE THAT WAS CALLED THE EYE OF THE NEEDLE, AND A CAMEL COULD GET THROUGH THERE, BUT IT WOULD HAVE TO TAKE OFF ALL OF ITS BURDEN, AND IT WOULD HAVE TO GET DOWN ON ITS KNEES AND JUST SCOOT THROUGH THIS SMALL GATE. AND SO PEOPLE HAVE USED THAT TO SAY THAT THAT'S WHAT IT'S REFERRING TO. IN OTHER WORDS, IT'S NOT IMPOSSIBLE. IT'S JUST DIFFICULT. IT MEANS YOU GOT TO GET RID OF ALL OF THESE OTHER BURDENS AND JUST GET DOWN TO THE BARE THINGS TO GET THROUGH THERE. NO, THAT'S NOT WHAT IT'S TALKING ABOUT. YOU KNOW, WHEN I WAS IN ISRAEL, I ASKED OUR TOUR GUIDE, I SAID, I WANT TO SEE THIS EYE OF THE NEEDLE GATE. AND HE SAID, WELL, IT'S ON THE OTHER SIDE OF THE CITY. YOU KNOW, I DON'T THINK WE'LL BE ABLE TO GET THERE TODAY. I ASKED HIM A COUPLE OF TIMES, AND FINALLY I SAID, I DON'T BELIEVE THERE IS A GATE CALLED THE EYE OF THE NEEDLE. AND HE JUST LOOKED AT ME AND HE SAYS, WHAT ARE YOU SAYING? I SAID, I DON'T THINK THAT'S WHAT IT'S TALKING ABOUT. I THINK IT'S TALKING ABOUT A CAMEL, AN ANIMAL, GOING THROUGH THE PHYSICAL EYE OF A SEWING NEEDLE. AND HE CONFESSED TO ME, HE SAYS, THERE IS NO EYE OF THE NEEDLE GATE. BUT SEE, IN ISRAEL, ALL OF THE TOUR GUIDES, IT'S SOMETHING THAT'S BY THE GOVERNMENT. THE GOVERNMENT, YOU HAVE TO GO THROUGH A GOVERNMENT THING TO BE A TOUR GUIDE, AND THEY WANT PEOPLE TO HAVE A GOOD EXPERIENCE, SO THEY'LL JUST TELL YOU WHATEVER YOU WANT TO HEAR TO MAKE YOUR EXPERIENCE THE BEST. AND THIS IS A COMMON THING THAT PEOPLE SAY THAT THERE'S THIS SMALLER GATE INSIDE OF A LARGE GATE, AND THAT'S THE EYE OF THE NEEDLE. NO, THIS IS TALKING ABOUT IT'S EASIER FOR A, a CAMEL, A PHYSICAL CAMEL TO PASS THROUGH THE EYE OF A SEWING NEEDLE THAN IT IS FOR A RICH MAN WHO IS TRUSTING IN HIS RICHES TO ENTER INTO THE KINGDOM OF HEAVEN. AND YOU CAN TELL THAT THAT'S WHAT IT'S TALKING ABOUT BECAUSE JESUS RESPONDED TO THIS AND HE SAID, WITH MAN IT IS IMPOSSIBLE, BUT NOT WITH GOD, FOR WITH GOD ALL THINGS ARE POSSIBLE. IF IT WAS JUST TALKING ABOUT SOMETHING THAT WAS DIFFICULT TO DO, WELL, THEN THAT that DOESN'T FIT WHAT HE SAID. HE SAYS, WITH MEN THIS IS IMPOSSIBLE. SO GET THIS WORD PICTURE. IT'S EASIER FOR A CAMEL TO GO THROUGH THE EYE OF A SEWING NEEDLE THAN IT IS FOR A PERSON WHO IS TRUSTING IN THEIR RICHES INSTEAD OF TRUSTING IN GOD TO ENTER INTO THE KINGDOM OF HEAVEN. I'M GOING TO TAKE UP RIGHT THERE TOMORROW. YOU NEED TO TUNE IN AND GET THE REST OF THE STORY. BUT I'VE GOT THIS TEACHING ON FINANCIAL STEWARDSHIP, AND I PROMISE YOU THIS WOULD REALLY HELP YOU. THE THINGS THAT I'M SAYING, IF THEY ARE TRUE, WHICH THEY ARE, I'M READING THEM STRAIGHT OUT OF SCRIPTURE, THEN THIS IS SOMETHING THAT WE'VE GOT TO DEAL WITH. IT'S MUCH MORE IMPORTANT THAN WHAT MOST PEOPLE 
HAVE REALIZED. PLEASE LISTEN TO OUR ANNOUNCER AS HE GIVES YOU SOME INFORMATION ABOUT HOW YOU CAN RECEIVE THIS PRODUCT, AND PLEASE CALL OR WRITE TODAY. FOR THOSE OF YOU WHO WOULD LIKE TO BE PARTNERS WITH US, WE'VE GOT A LOT OF THINGS GOING ON, AND THE THING THAT RIGHT NOW THAT THE LORD HAS REALLY LAID ON MY HEART IS TO GET OUR PARKING GARAGE PAID OFF AS QUICKLY AS POSSIBLE. WE ACTUALLY HAVE A $23 MILLION LOAN ON THAT 1,022 SPACE PARKING GARAGE. IT'S FIVE STORIES TALL, AND I TELL YOU, IT IS SUCH A BLESSING. WE ARE USING IT. IT'S A GODSEND, BUT WE NEED TO GET IT PAID OFF. AND THE LORD LAID ON MY HEART TO JUST ASK FOR 23,000 PEOPLE TO GIVE $1,000. AND I KNOW THAT THAT'S A LOT OF MONEY FOR SOME PEOPLE, FOR OTHER PEOPLE. IT'S NOT A PROBLEM, BUT YOU KNOW, IF YOU GAVE $100 A MONTH FOR 10 MONTHS, IT WOULD ONLY TAKE 10 MONTHS FOR US TO COME UP WITH THAT. AND IF WE GET THIS PAID OFF WITHIN JUST THE NEXT FEW MONTHS, I'LL SAVE NEARLY $7 MILLION IN INTEREST. AND IF THE LORD HAS LED YOU TO JOIN WITH US, WE HAVE WHAT WE CALL A 1K CLUB, AND YOU CAN CONTACT US. WE HAVE THE NUMBER ON YOUR SCREEN. LET SOMEBODY KNOW ABOUT IT, BECAUSE WE NEED TO DESIGNATE THIS MONEY TOWARDS THAT. BUT WE BELIEVE THAT WE'RE GETTING OUR PARKING GARAGE PAID OFF QUICKLY, AND THANK YOU FOR BEING A PART OF THIS. Join with Andrew and become part of the 1K Club today by going to awmi.net or calling our helpline at 719-635-1111. Andrew's complete teaching titled Financial Stewardship is available in either a CD or DVD album or as a book or companion study guide. Also available is the Financial Breakthroughs DVD which includes six true stories of people that experience the freedom of turning their finances over to God. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount. Or you can get the Financial Stewardship Package. This package includes the book, study guide, and your choice of either the CD or DVD album, as well as the Financial Breakthroughs DVD. This package has a catalog value of $115, but you can get it today for only $80. Also, Andrew would like to make available his redesigned Living Commentary Bible software. Download your copy of Andrew's Living Commentary and start studying through the Bible with Andrew today. The Living Commentary is available for both Mac and PC for a gift of only $120 exclusively as a download at awmi.net. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. You can order resources or become a Grace Partner through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today.